Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 168 of your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm Rochelle Smaley, alongside today's special co-host, Megan Long. And we are going to talk to you about her peak week, what we are expecting this weekend as TM hits the stage for the first time. We are so freaking excited about it. We're going to talk about executing the X's and O's. As always, Gordai Podcast brought to you by Revise. So much brought to you by Raw. So much use code Mahaley at checkout. Please leave us a five-star rating and review, and you will be entered to win the $100 Amazon gift card giveaway that we have every single week. Episode 168 is going down. I'll see you inside. Oh, two days out from Team Haley's initial showing of the year. We have four down here in Texas going to be competing at the Phil Heath this weekend. We have one up in Kentucky at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Brandon Cooper's client, Kyle, looking really, really, really good. I think he's going to be a heavyweight bodybuilder, maybe light heavyweight. Um, then I got Ty down here in the Supers. Um, I got Megan, who is our podcast guest of the day, co-host of the day. Uh, bikini going to be class B. Kelly will be bikini. What's Kelly? Is she D? I honestly want to say Kelly might be even E. She might be, she might be E. And then, well, Abby hasn't competed yet, so I wouldn't have. Do you know how tall she is? Have, not on top of my head. No. She looks so. like she's roughly five. I remember, I remember we looked it up. I remember we looked it up. Um, and you're all in different classes. So, yeah, really excited for that. I mean, obviously the goal is to get the bikini overall and then uh, the overall, both of the bodybuilding shows um, this week. Um, that's what we do. We show up. We win. We bring quality to the stage. I don't bring clients to the stage who, you know, aren't going to hoist a trophy at the end of the day. Um, we like winning a lot. We prioritize winning. How much do we talk about winning in this house? Um, every hour. Like, like <laughs> not even just winning in stage. Like, dude, it just is all we talk about. Competition. We're just always in competition. Yeah, it is all we discuss. All we talk about. Like, we we really live. For even little shit. things it's when nice. you're like, "Did you hear me?" Nope. All I hear is dubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So even little things like that. Like, it's funny. It's LOL. Yeah. Like at the end of the night, um, like sometimes maybe it'll be like show me your phone and be like, I'm done with WhatsApp. And like, I'm so cranking away. And like, like everything's a competition. I'm like, where are you at? He's like yeah. 10. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Every, everything's <laughs> yeah. We, I've been dusting you. Yeah. Been you have been. You recently. I'm just dwindling. <laughs> it's nice. Cause I'm just like, I'm laying here doing nothing. So I'm just like, time to talk to my athletes. <laughs> I just do it all I'm day. laying here doing nothing. Wow. I'm still doing I'm nothing. Still doing nothing. Might as well do more if nothing. <laughs> um, how you feeling? How you feeling in peak week? How's peaking going so far? We're picking to perfection right now. You are looking good. I was a little upset that you chugged so much water before your last picks, but, you know, that's okay. It's, it's still the best your post year looked yet. I was thirsty, and I was behind because, you know, I had girl things to do, but I'm feeling really excited. Finally starting to get the show day feels. You know, you feel like you were Dude, it actually so, feels like it's here, yeah. Yeah, so long. It's just like it's never coming. It's never coming. Like, oh, shit, we leave tomorrow. I got to pack. Oh, shit. 
Yeah. Oh shit. I haven't packed. So the last time you you competed was the Arnold of last year. Yeah. And it was the highest place you ever had on. Well, that's an international stage. Um, that's the highest place you've had on a national stage, um, at a national level competition. And if you guys remember the Arnold last year in 2020, um, that's when COVID was striking. And you know that that week, for those of you who don't know, quick synopsis: we were told the show was off, then we were told the show was on, then we were told the show was off, then we were told the show was on. And so we just decided that. Like, we need to leave the house at 4 a.m. to get to the airport to make sure that we're there in case this show does go on. Um, but I was told by a source very, 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 very close to the show that show was off. And so I was like, like I told Megan, obviously she was devastated, like 20 weeks of work, you know, <laughs> was just crushed two days out. Um, and, you know, so we, we, we went to go have a meal um, and all that stuff. And we get in the car after the meal, and I get a call or a text. I don't remember what it was, saying the show's back on. And I mean, I just watched Megan slam some pulled pork nachos. <laughs> like, I mean, she just crushed three kids. I was eating my sorrows away because I was so heartbroken. Yeah, but like in that time, like I like you know we're gonna hop back on track tomorrow. Like I can't imagine the feel of your show gets canceled like that close when you've put. Remember, so much I was into. just laying on the ground sobbing. Yeah, we were disabled. We you know we were able to get you back maybe sixty percent, but that was not a you know full fledged. I was even saying forty. No, that was sixty. You I looked, looked good. six weeks out. No, absolutely not. You looked good on stage. Uh, I mean, if well, if that's six weeks out, maybe six weeks out on TM. There's a lot of coaches. That's better than show. When we <laughs> got to Ohio, I looked six weeks out. I did. Yeah, you did, but I fixed that. Yeah, you did, you did a really good job mitigating whatever happened. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, obviously, there was a lot of work put in between last offseason um, and, you know, we were at right now. I think, you know, after you lose and, you know, the reality is when you get to a national or an international level stage, the goal is honestly just getting in that first call out. And then wherever the cards kind of fall from there, there's only so much you can really control. Um, because all of you, you know, earn the right to be there. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, you went as hard as you possibly could for this for, you know, the last 30 weeks or something. But maybe the person next to you went as hard as this as it could for the last 90 weeks. You know, and you have the same genetic, um, you know, the same genetic capabilities. Um, so, you know, the, the goal is always getting in that top five. And then whatever happens for that first call out, which sometimes is six or seven people, but then whatever happens from there, you know, you just kind of leave it to the works um, hands. But obviously, you know, you got off stage. Our goal was not accomplished, um, which was getting that first call out. Um, and, you know, ever since then, the focus has just been perfection, like training as hard as you can perfecting your ratios for where the bikini division is headed. So, you know, you're, you're coming in a little softer than like, I would like to bring someone in, but like we've been told by how many people, this is like the perfect bikini conditioning for right now because it is taking some steps backwards. Um, and you know, I, th I think there's work that constantly needs to be, I, I think the work always needs to be equal. So like you can't just go hard for me and then I not go hard for you and you, you know, come in on show day, you know, it's a, a big thing, and especially when coaching someone like Megan is, you know, she puts a lot of value and pride in winning and a lot of value and pride in being in the mix. 
And like, that's what kind of gets her, gives her a high is, you know, just truly winning. And she's a high energy person. And so as her coach, you know, I need to match that. Um, I need to be able to bring that same and every client kind of has their needs with communication or with investment or whatever. Um, but you know, coaching someone like me, it is not for everyone. Like coaching someone like me is not for everybody. Um, you know, you're, you're much more high energy. I'm much more mellow with bodybuilding, but like winning is truly a non-negotiable. It, it really like, Second, I don't care who I lose to. I shouldn't lose. Right. You know, and, you know, coaching people like that, yeah, it, it is difficult. But that's what high achievers are built of. That's what high achievers are made of. And, you know, that's something you also learn, I think, through time in the sport. You've been competing since 2015, 16? 19. How long were you with Dylan? Less than a year. Oh, I thought you were with him, like, two years. Mm-mm. And then did you compete with your coach before that? I competed with one coach prior. Oh, I thought this was, like, a four- or five-year process. No. Dylan so, was my first, like, actual, like, the first time I ever won was yeah, with Dylan. Yeah, when you so, won the North Coast. Yeah, so that was yeah. my first. And then we did a show in San Diego, and I won Yeah. that show as well. Yeah, and then oh, I can't even nuts. remember what it's called. I don't know. So I've been competing for about two years, and, you know, obviously you've said that. I mean, that's a very fast transcendence to the top. Um, you know, because, like, you are competitive for a pro card. And honestly, I hate talking about that. I hate when Megan talks about it. I hate when people talk about it. I There's nothing that makes me cringe more as a coach than when people talk about pro cards. But Megan's someone who actually can open her mouth and have some substance behind it because of the physique that she has put the work into. If you've noticed, prior last year, I was not running my mouth about turning pro yeah. because I knew that I just just wasn't there. Obviously, I wanted it, and I knew I was going to be a top-tier competitor. But this year, I just feel like it's a little bit different, and I still hate when people even put the pressure on me, like, can't wait to watch you turn pro. Mm. I'm like, let's just hope I crack the top three, mm. you know, and then take the feedback and go from there. So what do you think the biggest difference is in how you were executing last offseason versus this offseason that really allowed you to get, you know, your physique to this level of, you know, really perfection for the sport? I think being on stage with girls who were just – just blew me out of the water yeah. it was really I think it was more so kind of like embarrassing mm-hmm. like when we were at the Arnold and they called those four girls out their top call out was four girls it wasn't even five six or seven yeah. and I wasn't in that top four I was like wow I'm not even top four best competitors here mm-hmm. like I was ashamed like I just wanted to be better like yeah. as soon as we stepped off stage I was like let's go to the gym you kind of allow <laughs> that you know you kind of think about that all the time you kind of think about it like um, every training session, every cardio session, every everything. Like, I always think about the last time I lost. Um, and I, I believe it's very powerful to manifest winning and thinking about winning as well. You know, it's actually interesting. You know, there's um, research that was concluded recently, um, I believe Cambridge University, Cornell University, one of those. Um, some psychological research just stated that they actually believe manifestation pulls you further from your goals. Um, like, manifesting the actual moment and like creating a portrait of the image. Like that's how I manifest is very, I create the image. Um, yeah, that, that, that actually leads to a decrease in 
performance um, and performance uh, and the results of the performance. I can't think of the right terminology they utilize for it. I would love to read that. Um, yeah, but their reasoning actually was pretty solid. One item was pressure. Um, one item was you start feeling like you already have it. So the actual work um, so you kinda you know, let drops up a little, a little bit. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you you kind of give yourself a false feeling of invincibility um, and things of the like. So like their reasons behind it, like we're good. Um, so I, I also, I just think it takes someone who's a true like competitor at heart and in their mind to be able to utilize manifestation without it hindering your performance and right. things of the like, right? Um this is a question I want you to kind of dive into because this is something not a lot of people are able to feel at the end of their prep. Number one, do you feel proud? Like truly proud of like everything that happened this prep, everything you did, ever like how you executed, are you super proud of? And then number two, do you feel like up to this point you have done every, like is there anything you can look back on from the last time you got off stage to now that it's like, oh shit, so that I could have done better. That is a tough question. So mm-hmm. I don't feel, I feel proud of the execution of everything, but yeah. I feel like I'm not going to feel proud until the day is here and I see the final package because yeah. it's still not even done. Mm-hmm. So I'm very proud leading up this morning um, when I sent my check-in photos over. That was my first moment when I was like, holy fuck, that's me. Mm-hmm. Like, I did that. I'm, I am proud of every variable i executed mm-hmm. um i mean a variable wasn't missed and even a step wasn't missed an ounce of water wasn't missed nothing was missed so i'm proud of that mm-hmm. i'm very proud of but i'm not proud yet mm-hmm. i won't be proud until the trophies in that's me. that's kind of a different you know they, I don't, they, these are all different steps and like you know the how you conduct yourself in the contest prep phase like that's one step and that kind of ends like the day of the show and then like show day is a whole other step this it's, it's like a leap it's it's a whole other step of like execution of putting the posing together of everything that you do like that's kind of step number two and so step number one you're proud of right now like you feel really good yes. about how about can you look back on anything over the past 14 months since last time you were on stage? It's like, you know, I could have done that one a little bit better. I, I could have posed more. Yeah. I, I feel you like never pose enough. I yeah. feel like this season I was like, Oh, my posing is good. Like I am good at posing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I backed off my posing a little bit because I thought it was really good. Yeah, because so, that was like your strong point. That's my yeah, it was my yeah. really strong point. So that's um, all you had. You didn't have a great physique. You didn't have a very good physique. So I had to outpose you. Yeah, that was always my my perspective on that. Yeah. Like wow, um, because my backside's always been my weakest. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, you can show up with better glutes and hamstrings than me, but I'm gonna outpose you. Mm-hmm. So I was very diligent about my posing last season, um, and then I feel like it became my strong suit this mm-hmm. season. So. Yeah, I would even just post when I send my check-in pictures and that I'd call it a day instead of, you know, diligently after my session, during my sessions. So I feel like I picked back up probably these last four or five weeks after posing with Angelica. Um, That's something I also didn't do last season that I did this season was I didn't have a posing coach last season. Um, And I definitely didn't want to miss that this season, just having a second eye on you. So I reached out to her and I've been I've been on it ever since then. But that's something different that I did 
Something I highly recommend to everybody, if you have an Olympia competitor nearby that's in your division, do whatever it takes to pose with them. Now, those people are the top of the sport for a reason, right? They're the creme de la creme. Like, there's nobody better than them. And, you know, I, I, I don't believe that Olympians make very good coaches, you know, based <laughs> on a lot that I've seen. I don't believe that they do. Um, but they can make some really good posing coaches. Well, especially her. Sure. I mean, when she talks about how she's done 37 37 shows. shows. Yeah, she's so, done 37 shows. I'm going to. I'm gonna listen two to Olympias, you. Right? Yeah, she's won she, two Olympias. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so then pretty she much anything fourth. she says. Yeah, she I'm got fourth do. in the world last year, which is insane. Um, yeah, and Angelica's just an amazing person. I highly recommend. I, I highly recommend all bikini competitors just getting at least one session in with Angelica before stepping on stage. Like there is so much that Megan and I both learned from that session. So um, and and I'm. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm excited for the next client to get in with her that I can go learn from again because she's good. Like, Even in like good. little things that you wouldn't think about when she says yeah. like to change your facial expressions throughout your posing, like yeah. that's not something that I would think about. I'm just like mm -hmm. smile and you know be proud. She's like no, in this transition you be proud and in this transition you be sexy mm -hmm. and in this transition you be happy. Like nobody thinks of all of those of things of so definitely a having point. a second eye is is huge in that aspect yeah i actually just hired my first posing coach i know um, yeah, I've, I've never worked with a coach on it before um, but obviously you know we're kind of up in the ante a little bit this year and uh so jarek jarek crew he does all my guys he does quite a few of my girls he is a phenomenal poser i recommend anyone whoever you are pose with him before you step on stage, pose with him before you go through the, the the actual competition prep day. Pose with him and just let him get a good eye on it. He doesn't do bikini. I believe he does everyone else, though. But it's it's really, really good. So there's something I'm really excited about. So it's competition season. And number one, as an athlete, I'm excited to be back in that tan room. <laughs> with oh, everybody where where the nerves kind of start hitting and you start kind of like trying to subtly check everyone out i think that's was, when it hits you you're like oh, it is. oh fuck i'm it competing is. when you're walking down the hallway and you smell pro tan that shit yeah. hits different it let hits me different. tell you so at the ohio i didn't check a single person out like i knew that when people saw me well so i didn't i don't i didn't talk about it much just like this prep i'm not talking about this prep at all like publicly i'm talking about it like like on terms of uh like public on instagram right um i'm really really talking about it on the podcast or my close friends on instagram i remember when i showed up to ohio there was this collective oh shit by everybody that like I knew I was going to win that show, like including the promoter who coaches a lot of the people in the show. There was this collective oh shit moment. Um, and then Andy Bartolovich um, came up and he was like, oh shit. You know, he, he's one of the, he might be the head judge of, of Ohio or of that region. Uh, but he's a big time guy there and I really respect his opinion a lot. So there were like oh shit moments, you know, like uh, the other people had. I think that was Andy. It might have been. That must break. be such a good um, feeling because you know how it feels when you're backstage and you're yeah. looking at someone else like, in their oh shit, oh shit, yeah. I hope they're not in my class. Yeah, 100%. So when so, you show up and that's you? It felt good. I can't wait to feel it again in five weeks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, in, in bikini, it's kind of a different feeling you get because like in bikini, you can only ever be so confident, right? Like you can't just, I, I know there's a lot of bikini pros and NPC uh, ladies that listen to this podcast, there's only so much confidence you can really have. And I think that's why I bought, like, I don't like when people talk about the pro car. I don't like when people talk about XYZ, they can bikini. Like 
straight the fuck up in bodybuilding, if you're going to the Steve Kuklo Classic or you're going to Junior Nationals and you have a plan of winning a bodybuilding overall championship, do not show up. Yeah, do not show up. Bikini's just way more gray But in area. bikini, it's different. Like, it's different. I, somebody asked me if I'm worried that I'm not going to win. And yeah. I said... I'm not worried I'm not going to be the best competitor there, but I'm worried I'm not yeah. going to win. Yeah, and, that, and that's and not a bikini, fun place to be. And in bikini, that makes 100% sense mm-hmm. if you know exactly what I'm talking about. You yeah. can have the best physique there, but you could not win. Yeah, I mean, we saw that last year at we the Adela We saw it happen here. with Kim. Yeah, we saw it happen yeah. with Kim at the Adela. Like, like she was way better than everyone else the there. The best bikini competitor there. Yeah. And then, I mean, she didn't win. So yeah. it's like there's so much gray area in bodybuilding. It's it's not. It's it's one of the reasons we're not doing that show anymore, but... I, I, I prefer to never send anyone to that show again. It's I, the worst show even, I've ever seen in my life. I don't want even It's next weekend. No, it's next I don't weekend. Care. No, it's not. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, right. <laughs> Cancel. I don't Cancel. care. Nobody's there, going. There's no show in America run worse than that one. Like God. having promoters trying to fight people outside. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Selling tickets one off and then complaining Selling about it. Selling tickets one off, yeah. Overflow the capacity so much that nobody could even get in the ball. And then room. tell them to get six feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> and then wasting 30 minutes of our time screaming for. Everyone to get six that feet was apart. the longest day of my life. Yeah, she was fucked up for sure. She Dude, had to be. She, she was, was not so shit. No, no way. way. But but I I think a really um kind of the gut check. The gut check of your entire prep. And this is a gut check I have as a coach because I'm always backstage with my athletes where I'm able to be. I'm always backstage. You know, I watch them um, you know, get lined up. And when you're standing in that lineup or when I'm watching my athlete in that lineup, the only thing I'm thinking about is, did I push them hard enough? Did I do everything I possibly could have? And it's like the anxiety that you get from that, but also the the high and the rush of excitement when you get from that. And then like the validation comes when they're moved to the center or, you know, when you're moved to the center. But the, the, the gut check of your entire prep, it doesn't come until you're lined up and your whole class is there. And they say, you're on next. Like, you're in the fucking, you're on deck. And, and no matter how many shows you've done, you are. It never are goes away. Trembling. Yeah, it never goes away. You know, but, you know, you care. If you weren't nervous, um, you know, if, if you're not nervous in that moment, then I'm not sure how much you care. I mean, there, I'm sure Angelica doesn't get very nervous anymore. All she does is win. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's, she's kind of in a different I'm sure place. she does. But I, 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 I just... That's the gut check, and that's what I'm excited for for Saturday. And that's what I'm excited for for the national stages, and you know, beyond that, into the pro stages this year. I'm excited to watch my athlete go out there and have the validation of we did everything. Like so every eye was dotted. Every do you think that crossed. you pushed me hard enough? That was already answered in the podcast. Everyone says you're perfect, so. We'll see yeah. when I step on stage. I mean, I wish I could get you actually peeled. Like you're just lean. You know, I wish I could actually, I wish bikini competition had more, you know, had less body fat in it. I yeah. do. Because, like, the reality is your prep was really easy until a couple weeks out. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was just, it was cruise control at 35 miles an hour. You know, progress was happening. We had you healthy. You were set up in a great spot. Whenever we needed to pull or push a lever, the lever just worked so well and so seamlessly, right? Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's much more so with like the more muscular divisions of, you know, I mean, they, they suffer bodybuilding physique, my bodybuilders, my women's physique girls, they suffer, dude. 
And it's like not even really from the protocol standpoint. Like some of them eat quite a bit of food and stuff. It's not about how much food you're eating because like the reality is if you're 5% body fat, this sucks. It's it's absolutely terrible. Or like a female, you know, what's Ashley right now? Ashley's what, 9, high 8, low 9 body fat. Like that is a hard place to be. Like you just don't feel well. And, and you're so, you so know, far that you're just, it's just mentally you're fucked because yeah. you know you're so far. Yeah, but like, at you know, at those depths of protocols and execution, at that depth, there's just like, you don't even really think about, you don't think about the cheating on a diet or what you want post-show or what you X, Y, Z. You're in such a, like, this this grave zombie mode that, like, you're just, you know, skating by. You're, you're trying, trying to make to it by. through the day. Yeah, you're trying to make it through the day. Literally. Crush your protocols. Make sure you show up for everybody. And, you know, I think that's something important for listeners to understand. You know, if, you're, if you want to compete in one of those muscular divisions and the show's approaching, you don't feel absolutely terrible, you're probably not ready. Like, unless you're reversing into a show, unless this is the second or third show you've done in the year, Whatever it might be, like, those are obviously outliers. But for a majority of people, if it's not real, I mean, just, if it's not the hardest thing you've ever done in your life, then you're you're probably not ready. And that's a really good place to be when you get to that stage and the lights hit and you have the validation of, my physique looks absolutely fucking nuts right now because I couldn't have pushed harder. Like, that's the best validation you can have. And it's very common that when you feel that way, you're probably going to win. But it's the thrill of the final outcome that I'm definitely most excited for. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Like, I want to watch four girls be awarded their trophies in three divisions and four guys in bodybuilding and just watch my client standing up there as the last fucking person to be called out because they won. Like, I, man, that shit, when I'm doing cardio and stuff, or when I'm training, I just start thinking about watching my client out there being the last one, and I'm like, ah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be good. <laughs> and so I know on Saturday, you know, we're going to get some of that. I'm obviously very, very excited about that. But I want to talk to you about hitting the X's and O's. Um, you know, in football, the X's and O's are pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple. In basketball, pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Baseball, every single sport, is these are the non-negotiables, Right. And the non-negotiables of bodybuilding are very, very, very deep. Um, it's, it's every single thing. It's full-fledged, all the way down to making sure you hit your health supplements every day, all the way down to just making sure you take some time to rest your, your wild mind and your imagination and your body while you're in prep and pushing so hard, like taking 10, 15 minutes of not doing anything at all. That's even a variable that I think should be hit every single day. So there's a ton of non-negotiables, right? And... Something I've noticed and something that, you know, Megan does at a very, very high level is she just looks at the X's and O's and there's nothing else that gets any focus from her. There's not like, well, this person does that. Like, like you don't scroll through Instagram and see what other people are doing and literally think anything about it. And I think that's a really strong quality, a very strong trait to have. You know, you don't just decide one day you want to do a separate exercise, you know, than what's in your protocol, right? Because you understand that the protocol was made to progress you. you know, and if an I athlete. do, I always ask, yeah. hey, I feel... The two times that's happened in a year. <laughs> and it was yeah. like three weeks ago because we were yeah. getting close. Yeah. Hey, 
I think X, Y, and Z. What are your thoughts? Yeah. It's not, I saw so-and-so doing this, yeah, it's always and they have great glutes, Yeah. so I want that glutes. Yeah, you know, like, you've been doing the elliptical for, what, 20 weeks? 20. Every week, 20 weeks, and there's never a, can I switch to, no. I'm like, bored. Like, yeah, like, like, those things don't exist in the mind of people who actually win. I do like understand press winning. every single week. Every week, yeah, every I do that pendulum week. squat every week. And I like think about it the whole week. And I'm Smith like, this machine squats every yeah. fucking yeah. week. Yeah, and I that's the impress mm-hmm. or, uh, improve. That's like that's well, impress come show day. <laughs> like that's that the only way you can improve is if you can measure every single little thing you're doing. You know, the results here are earned, and you know the clients who obviously Megan has extreme blind trust for me, um, but the clients who are able to just kind of lock in that blind trust. They go so much further than everybody else. Like. You know, I, I talked about this in a recent podcast. If you have a million questions, why'd you hire me? <laughs> if you have a million questions, why are you hiring anybody? You know, like there's things you need to learn. Like people need to learn how to be an athlete. Yeah. Like that's a very, 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 especially on a high performing team. You know, not everyone fits. And not well, at the end of the day, if you don't have blind trust, at the end of the day, at least I know I did every single exactly. thing that you told me to do. Exactly. It wasn't. And at that point, it kind of puts the loss more on the coach than you. And honestly, it's not a bad place to be. You well, know? and I mean, I've, I've been on both ends with you. I've yeah. been on the end where I've watched you, you know, take that. And like, yeah, it's not taken lightly on either ends. But yeah. it's definitely a lot harder on the coach because you feel more pressure. Like, this is what you told them to do. But Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And, but what's cool about what's cool about my athletes is – there's never a time that someone gets on stage, or I should say there's very, very, very rarely a time where someone gets on stage, and I'm like, wonder if they could have given me more. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, like, just just because there's only so many, there's only, there's, there's one type of mindset I allow to get on stage. And, like, if you don't have that mindset, I'm not prepping you. And I've watched you pull somebody out uh, three, four weeks out because they Oh, yeah, because they they're not it. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I've pulled, I have pulled more people out of prep than any other coach. You're not getting on stage sport. under your name. It, that's what I'm saying. It's you my know? name. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, like, you're on, t- you're Justin's athlete. Yeah. And you look the reality like, is they're probably not going to remember your name, but they'll remember who, that you were my athlete. And, like, I I preach quality. I bring quality. I think bodybuilding is so watered down by people who go, you know, win class D at a natural show, and they're like, I'm going to go do nationals. Like, it's just like I talked about in a previous podcast, you're, you're, you're a slaughterhouse. It's bodybuilding is really watered down to that slaughterhouse element of a majority of the people in every division other than men's bodybuilding are there for the slaughterhouse. Yeah. And they're just waiting for their turn to get slaughtered. And I'm tired of watching it. Like, honestly, I believe bodybuilding should be about high quality. It shouldn't be about how many people you can get in a team photo when none of them have trophies. It's about how many of your people are fulfilled with their goal setting and goal achievement at the end of the show. And to me, that's what matters. That's what, you know, I respect the sport. I wish there was more, like, qualifications for you to just yeah. to step on stage. Not like, like, I mean, you've seen some people step on stage at 20% body fat. Literally 20%, and it's embarrassing. And it, and it's it's not fair, and I think no. it's disrespectful to the sport for people like myself and you yeah. who go to every single end to make sure that that's, you know, not the case. Yeah. 
and you're standing next to me? That'd be like someone going and playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a Sunday, and they have a nine-second four. It's a, it's an old man in his wheelchair. Yeah. And like he's going to be Tom Brady's. It's not a weightless competition. Yeah, no, it's not. He, he's going to be Tom Brady's wide receiver, and, like, he just looks so out of place. And, like, you didn't even try. At the end of the you day, know? the judges don't care where you started. They no, don't they care how hard you had to go. They don't give a shit. If the girl standing next to me had to go harder than me, they don't care. Yeah. They care what you bring to the stage that day. Yeah, they don't ask how you're feeling. They don't care they how don't you looked anything. last night and that your peak went yeah. to shit this morning. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, they, I, 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 I can't confirm I've never been to a bodybuilding show where they asked me how hard one of my clients had to push and then awarded my client. Or how much weight that. she lost. Oh, my or God, how much 30 pounds lost. here, honey. Yeah. Or that they were, hey, are they natural or not? And you don't like, get a different trophy, no, let me tell you. No, no but you, you know, you might be in the slaughterhouse. <laughs> it depends on your genetics. You might You're be. on the chopping block. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might be, but you, you know, you also, you also might be, you know, about that life, about that work, and being perfect with your protocols. And a natural athlete who's able to go win. You know, there's obviously people on both ends of the spectrum here. So, why do we talk about winning so much? Why do we talk about winning at the house? Why do I talk about winning so much on the podcast? Why does winning mean or matter so much to me? Because winning is an outcome and a reflection of your entire life. It's all aspects. You know, the last podcast um, uh, that I dropped today, I was talking about checking your environment, check your surroundings, make sure that everyone in there is purposeful to you, is fulfilling to you, and is of high quality to you. What do they bring to the table? Make sure that they're able to support you. And then also vice versa, what are you able to bring to their table? How you do one thing is how you do everything. So someone who's a body bodybuilding champion is much more likely to be somewhat successful their definition of successful at a high level in life just due to the simple concept of sacrifice the simple concept of drive what discipline truly means and embodies if you're an actual you know if you're beating actual good competitors i'm not talking about someone who just wins a show because there was no one else that was very good there if you're an actual good competitor and you live this life day over day over day over day over day I bet your personal and professional life reflects rather similar. I bet there's a really strong chance, chance there that, that they look pretty fucking good and that you are making positive improvements um, in your day-to-day -day life. I also think it's very important for an athlete to have an athletic background. Now, obviously, we can't just hit the rewind. If we can't just like go back to fucking fourth grade and you just, you know, get all this being an athlete experience and things that I like, but like, I want to work with athletes. Yeah. I want to work with people who understand how athletics work. And obviously I have a lot of clients who never, you know, did, did play sports. But honestly, man, I mean, if, if you go down the top of the Olympia lineup. You can Olympia notice lineup, the difference. It, oh, the difference in people who are athletes versus not as alarming. Well, the competition is kind of like embedded in you. It is. It started at such a young age. Yeah. I mean, for you, I don't know what age you started playing sports at. I don't think there was life that existed without us. So maybe even four when you could do four, like Pop yeah. Warner and things. Yeah, T-ball. All you, all you started knowing winning then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, like at that level and... It's, it's interesting. I was actually having a conversation with a friend the other day. This isn't necessarily to toot my own horn. It's more so to talk about the three of us. So in every sport I ever played, we won a ton. Like, we won a lot. Yeah. Like, in middle school baseball, when I played tennis, track, <laughs> basketball, I forgot you football, played tennis. Nice. Any sport it was, if it was golf, summer league, any of these things, I was winning so much because I value that in my life. 
you know, Megan was the same way. Brandon was the same way. I mean, Brandon won two state titles, right? One in baseball, one in football. Yep. And went to four. Yep. Yeah. So he lost to one, two. I mean, that, they, they, that, that means they were the best team in the state in their division in fucking Arizona. Like that's, you know, that's nothing to scoff at. Like that's real. And, you know, so, and he was the star player on the football team. And I think he was pretty good at baseball too. But he's like star player out here and stuff. Well, no wonder it's so easy for him to have bodybuilding success. He understands winning and he understands drive and he understands excellence, right? And, you know, obviously Megan was a cheerleader for the football team. Um, and were you, were, were your sports teams actually good? You didn't even know what sports I played. I literally do. You played fucking softball. You I played did. basketball. You what played. The fuck? I did not were, play basketball. I'm 5'2". You, you were center on the I basketball team. I played volleyball. Team. Softball yeah. and cheer. No, you were center on the basketball team. You don't remember that? Yeah, actually, I shrunk about six inches. Yeah. And, yeah, so that was, that was my last life. Yeah, you were shacking in the paint. But, Me, as we're watching but basketball, softball, But softball is kind of your main high school sport yeah, outside yeah. cheerleading. Yeah. Were you guys pretty good? We were really good. Yeah, so you win. Really good, you're, yeah. you're used to winning. It's mm-hmm. something that, you know, just comes natural to you and feels right to you. So when you have that athletic background... Man, I just really believe there's a very high correlation between that and bodybuilding success and really just success in life. I, I know there was a few years ago an article on the Forbes 500, like what percentage of the Forbes 500 played high school sports and college sports, and it was a ridiculous percentage. It was like overwhelmingly high. Oh, I bet. And I don't think that's by accident. That's because sports just ingrained so much into you. Um, so... Just some things to think about. You know, we're really excited. The X's and O's have kind of come together, and it's time to fucking show out. And it's time to show up. Megan, thank you for coming on. No, two days out is tough. We obviously won't be here tomorrow. Um, I won't be here Monday. But next week, I have two of the most special guests that this podcast could ever possibly have on two men who have helped shape my life, mold my life, mold me as an individual, constantly push me, constantly tell me to level up. And they are going to be in studio with me here. You guys are in for a fucking treat. It's going to be good. Megan, thank you for your time. I would say good luck this weekend, but we're not going to need it. Thank you for your time and good luck to you. I do what I can. Yeah, I can use good luck. Yeah, yeah. I can use good luck. That'd be dope. Episode 168. I'll see you next time. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.